0: Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this episode of the C3 Church Podcast. You're about to listen into a message from one of our gatherings. To find out more about our community, where we gather both in person and online, and how to get involved, head to seafreechurch.ca. Now, let's listen into a message from a recent service. I want to Uh, I want to share a message, and it's going to be centered around uh, the concept of love this morning. But if we can begin, what I'd like for you all to do is to close your eyes. That's right. It's the church you participate in. (laughs) Close your eyes and imagine, if you will, the Times Square's center of New York City, The the famous site of the New Year's Eve ball drop. There's a hustle and there's a bustle. The anticipation is thick in the air for 2024. Some people are grieving. They're grieving the loss that has taken place in the year prior and realizing who won't walk with them into the next year. Some, they had it tough, but there's a glimmer of hope. Others are pregnant with their first baby on the way, and this next year will be monumental for all good reasons. Some are uncertain. Some have made resolutions to get fit, to be healthy, to set boundaries, to start that business, to get that promotion, to spend more time with family, to be at church each Sunday. But what we all feel is the anticipation that when that ball drops, the page will have officially turned, the tipping point reached, the breaking point achieved, where a moment that was present suddenly becomes past and the future is only a breath away, where what was not possible five seconds ago is nearly guaranteed. That this is the year. This is the reality of anticipation that comes from the page turning. You may open your eyes. Today is Christmas Eve. Uh, it's when you should be finished your shopping, or if you're like me, you're beginning your shopping. Uh, so let me say Merry Christmas. If you're learning a new language, you may attempt to understand uh, what it means, this word Eve. Uh, At our Revelstoke location Christmas party on Monday, I spoke with a young lady from Mexico, and when I asked her uh, if she'd be at church on Christmas Eve, she was confused when I said, at 10 a.m., as she understood it to mean the evening before. Personally, I love to investigate the meanings of words, um, and this word caught my attention as I prepared this week, that... Eve is the anticipation of something coming, and yet the first woman on earth was named Eve. And she was given this name from the Hebrew meaning for the term life. That the Eve is the anticipation of something, and yet it's also the something. The the moment of life on the other side. It reminds me of the word aloha in Hawaii, or the word shalom in Hebrew. Words that are both a greeting and a goodbye. As the Velveteen Rabbit puts it, Uh, These terms are both because saying goodbye to one thing is saying hello to another. Our Christian baptism echoes this the death to old self and the life resurrected or rebirthed in Christ Himself. So we sit here on Christmas Eve in 2023 as a countdown on the eve to a new day, and for some, we hope for a new beginning. I've titled my short message today Between the Pages. Would you close your eyes as I pray? God, I thank you for your birth, and I thank you that we get to celebrate it here today. God, I pray in these next short moments, God, that our ears would be able to cut through the noise to hear what you're speaking to us. God, that people would find you here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We open the service today with our Advent scripture in 1 John 4, 8 to 12, that demonstrates and communicates what love is. That love is known because you have known God. That God gives definition to the word love, not the other way around. In our world today, there are so many conversations that are difficult to have because it can feel like we all have been given a random selection of opposing dictionaries. Do you ever find that? (laughs) That we speak, but we don't understand. We use words, uh, but we aren't meaning the same thing. And often we can't agree on the meaning of them either way. There's no word I know of that is as susceptible to this in our society as the word love. That is almost a guarantee. What one person does out of an expression of love, another would see as anything but. Although the majority if not all, would agree that love is the better way. That love is the definition of how we should express ourselves. That in one way, love rules. Paul writes a letter to the Corinthian church and he gives love the same significant weight. Uh, You may have heard the portion of the Bible quoted before. Paul writes this letter to contrast what is happening uh, with expectation Sorry, to contrast what is happening with the expectation of what should be happening. But just before we turn there, in the telling of Jesus, just before we turn there, sorry, in the telling of Jesus' life in the book of John, uh, Jesus is quoted. Oh, I bookmarked it. Hallelujah. Uh, No, I didn't. But they have it. This is even better. In John 13, 34 to 35, it says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, everyone say, by this. By this, this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And from this contrast, Paul writes to the Corinthian church, a church that's become known not for love. He gives definition to what he's referring to. And Paul knew what it was to have to redefine the terms he'd always believed or grown up believing. You see, Paul had persecuted, which is another way to say killed and assisted in the killing, of Christians. Doing what he understood to be good and right. To rid the earth of, let's call it, evil. But when he encountered Jesus, right and love was redefined. Let me read the portion of Paul's letter this morning as you follow along on the screen behind me. This is in 1 Corinthians 13. I got it rightly in my bookmark this morning. Again, you've probably heard this before, but I'm reading it in the message version. The message is a summarized version of the Bible to make it a little easier to understand. Think of it like cliff notes in some ways. And he says this to the Corinthian church that have become known not for love, but Jesus asked them to be known for love. If I speak with human elegance and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's words with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So... No matter what I say, what I believe, what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything. Trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Love never dies. Inspired speech will be over someday. Praying in tongues or other languages will end. Understanding will reach its limit. We know only a portion of the truth, and what we say about God is always incomplete. But when the complete comes, our incompletes will be canceled. When I was an infant at my mother's breast, that was awkward. I gurgled and cooed like an infant. When I grew up, I left those infant ways for good. We don't yet see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. But it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright, much like today. We'll see it all then. See it all as clearly as God sees us. Knowing him directly just as he knows us. But for right now, until that completeness, we have three things to do to lead us toward that consummation. Trust steadily in God, hope unswervingly, love extravagantly. And the best of these three is love. Paul reminds this church that Jesus commanded to be known by love. The love exemplified by Jesus' life to quiet the hierarchy of spiritualism and be reminded by the foundation of love as defined in both this list and the life of Jesus. So here we are on uh, Christmas Eve, with a brief understanding of the love which Jesus speaks of. And here we are to celebrate the birth of Jesus, his unofficial birthday. When Pastor Dave spoke a few weeks ago around the topic of peace, he showed us how the circumstances around Jesus' day of birth are demonstrated to be common, that it wasn't the location or the secondary characters that made the moment of historical and personal significance But God coming to earth in human form, that significance is unmatched. To close, I'm going to read you this story. The birth of Jesus is retold by Luke, the physician. And I'd love for you to ponder this as we go. As we sit in this moment of Christmas Eve, we anticipate the day to come. Our our whole month of December has been a series designed to anticipate the coming of Jesus to earth in human form. The Advent, a time of expectant anticipation. In the church calendar or the liturgical calendar, it marks the beginning of the year, Advent. Although I'm sure we think of December as the end of the year. As an aside, uh, it's much like this principle of Sabbath I've been meditating on. That rather rest being something we earn, or rather than rest being something we earn from the work we do a day off, that rest is actually the predisposition I need to work out of. That Sabbath or rest begins my week. It doesn't end it. It's the fuel, not the deficit. As we read through the story, you'll hear of Mary with expectation of a baby coming. Shepherds, Who are terrified of what may happen next when they encounter an angel. Not always the angelic creatures you think of. And you'll meet a man who has lived his life with a promise from God. An expectation that something would come to pass. It did not come in a hurry, but it came right on time. And lastly, Anna, a widow, who used her experience to create expectation of the future for others. I know there's lots of noise around, but would you ponder at this moment, this eve. Where you are in your own life and circumstantial page turn, caught between the pages, neither on one side nor the other yet. And let me read from Luke chapter 2. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. There will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened When it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. When the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. You now dismiss your servant to peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to the, your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace was upon him. God's grace was upon him. Jesus came, and, and what it was to please God was redefined. What it was, what it was to exemplify a life sold out to God, was clarified. Who love was and what love looked like was cemented as final. This this story shares the moment between the pages of many individuals, of history itself, and perhaps today it reminds you of the page turning your own world. That the waiting comes to an end that the new day does dawn, that God is faithful. And what feels like an unreadable situation or moment in your life could very well be the page turning. You know those moments where your page is right in the middle and you can't read what's before it and you can't read after it. But it's just the middle. That momentary space. (laughs) See, I ad-libbed, and then my next sentence says exactly what I was going to say. That moment where what was present became past, and the future is just a breath away. Thanks for tuning in today. Each week, we gather in cities across our region and online to explore the truth of freedom available to all in the message of Jesus Christ. To find a gathering near you or to find out more, head to c3church.ca.